0: Welcome to Wingtorn. This is a story of a young man with an oath to avenge his parents, a young woman hiding secrets in her blood, and the intertwining fates of three on a mission to prevent all out war between humans and the Fae. Because what fell before will rise again. This is a fantasy serial podcast. Written and performed by Claire C. Marshall. Book Three Arrest. Chapter One Riona. Riona Morpleth watched the hunter check his quiver, not twice, but three times as he exited the cabin and trudged into the woods towards her hiding spot in the tree. Her leg cramped, her torn wing ached, and overall, it was not a good day to be a half-fay. Living on the run and traversing through the southern half of the continent of Drazanian, one could say that about any day." She signaled to Connor Dunma, who had tried to hide his lanky human frame in scantily leafed bushes. Of course, he wasn't paying attention to her. He watched the hunter and muttered to himself. He had better not be casting a spell, she thought bitterly, because that was bound to go awry. The hunter passed close to her tree, and Riona drew in a quiet, measured breath as she searched for their unwilling companion. Oliver Stovall had not done as he was told. Instead of hiding with Connor on the ground, he'd successfully climbed a tree, the one within reach of hers. He wasn't keeping an eye on the hunter. He fixed his untrustworthy gaze on Riona. Just like the hunter below them, he would likely turn her in to the authorities, given the right opportunity. The intermittent sun stepped out of the clouds and illuminated the many arrowheads within the hunter's quiver. Sharp, ready to pierce the enemy, they beckoned her to leave the tree, to grab one and save it for later. Pull his scalp back, expose the throat, ready the sharp edge, and... Her tense grip snapped a flimsy branch. The hunter halted mid-step and gazed up into the trees. It was starting again. Riona stilled her body and connected to the sleeping spirit mother, the source of all magic. A small disturbance, away from their hiding spots was all she needed. Like roots in the ground, invisible to the eye and noticeable only by distinct smell, her magic traveled to another tree in the distance. One of its branches gave way with a deafening crack and fell to the forest floor. Intrigued and somewhat alarmed, the hunter readied his bow and cautiously crept in the direction of the noise, away from Riona. Wind rustled in the trees and then became still. They had to move on, quickly. This had been the third time they were delayed by human hunters traipsing around the forest. They were getting close to Drohoven, a human town. She let out a slow breath, and she watched the human hunter move further into the underbrush. She signaled to Connor and Olivan, but Riona remained vigilant as she climbed down the tree in her oversized cloak and dress. The Fae who sought her, had they sensed her magic? She didn't sense their presence now, though one had to be on guard for the Fae militia, who had powerful wielders and swordmasters at their disposal. "'Do you think he noticed?' Connor muttered as they hurried away from the hunting cabin back towards the river. He walked just behind her, acquiescing to her knowledge of the terrain. She sensed his worried thoughts, too quiet and muddled to parse without a deeper intrusion, which she would not do. The river they'd been following upstream widened considerably as they navigated the thickest of trees surrounding Drohoven. They should have forded when they had the chance, as the rushing waters posed a danger to her especially. It didn't take much to sweep her off her feet. We're fine, she told him, with more confidence than she felt. She noted Ollivan's position once more, behind her, following closely. She turned her body towards him. She would not allow him to be out of her sight, especially if he continued to insist on traveling behind her. "I, I could have handled him, Connor said. "'I don't want any more bodies, dead or unconscious, in our wake,' she said with finality. "'They'd left the scavs they'd fought downstream in a hurry. "'If any of them were alive, they'd be able to identify Connor, Riona, and Olivan without trouble. "'They'd fetch a sizable reward for telling the Imperial Guard that the fugitives from Ashdown had been seen traveling towards Strohoven, and that they'd used illegal magic.' She continued, no magic unless absolutely necessary. Connor frowned. You used it in the tree. Was that necessary? Of course. You could have just stayed still. Even I couldn't see you. You don't know what he saw. I don't? Connor asked incredulously. No, she said. How many forests and hunters had he avoided? Far, far less than she had. Trust me when I say what's necessary. "'That sounds like an order,' Oluwen observed, his playful tone belied with caution. "'Not an order,' she said carefully, knowing he believed she was controlling Connor. "'You do well to heed me. Do what you want, but I have more experience dealing with the enemy.' "'The enemy.' Oliven repeated the words loudly, with disdain. Curiosity. He leaned against a young sapling suddenly, and birds within took flight, startled by his intrusion. "'That reminds me, Iris. "'I've been doing a lot of thinking, and I've been meaning to ask you, "'why is the Faye Militia after you?' His sword glinted in the occasional sunbeam peeking from the dark clouds overhead. He had been quick to use it in their skirmish with the scabs the previous day. Too quick. Too eager. Riona curled her lip. Even the way he said her false name was repulsive. He would never fully comprehend the complexities of their mission. There was no point in explaining. You said to me... Oliver continued, when neither Connor nor Riona could muster a response. "'That I'd have to worry about bandits and the Imperial Guard and the Fey Militia when you tied me to that tree. Meaning, you're worried about the Imperial Guard, obviously, but you're also worried about the Fey Militia catching you. So you're some kind of abomination to them, or did you murder someone important?' Or both?" Connor raised his eyebrows at her. He wanted her to give Olivan a chance. Humans and their fickle memories. It made them too forgiving. She had inherited her mother's fey-perfect memory, and wouldn't forget the way Olivan had treated her. Even after Olivan's near betrayal, his arrogance towards her, Connor's childhood friendship with the Stovall boy had carved out a place in his heart. If not for that, Riona would have already dispatched of the young would-be imperial, son of a decorated imperial soldier. He was already his father's son, with his arrogance, his disdain for the Fey, his unyielding loyalty to the imperial guard ideals. At least Connor had convinced him to hide everything imperial on his person, and cover the hilt of his sword with a torn bit of Riona's cloak. They didn't need a signal that Olivan was one hazing away from becoming a cadet as they strolled into the town of Jehovah, And yet, Oliven could have returned to Ashdown at any time, reported their locations, and given the Imperials more details about them. He strode alongside Connor today in brooding silence, seemingly resigned to following them into Drohoven, where they would trade for provisions, find a horse or two, and continue to the capital by way of the wilderness. Riona inhaled sharply. "'The Fae leading the militia, Wiglar de Dianal, sees me as a threat to his power. He was Queen Catriona's loyal servant during the war.' We believe he's trying to restart the war between humans and the Fey. That's why I'm going to the capital, to warn the king. So you're not... He wrinkled his nose. You're not going to kill him. Or harm him. The, the king, that is. Don't be ridiculous, she replied, perplexed. Had he not been listening... The boy was as thick as his father. If we can convince the human king that Ricklar is a true threat, we could stop a war before it begins. King Ainsgard could devote resources to our cause. But why would the king see you? He asked contemptuously. She noted the hesitation in his voice and continued trudging through the tall grass. If she stopped for every question and concern, they'd never make it to Drohoven, and she certainly didn't want to be caught in a city at night, where her vision was at its worst. It wouldn't be the first time I've had an audience with a king, she said offhandedly. Connor leaned toward her, and she caught an errant gaze at her shoulder. If she dared, she'd remove her cloak and stretch her wings. But she didn't, and that was that. She dreaded the day he would ask her, force her, to tell him the truth about what had happened to her wings, how it had forged her into the person she was now. But the king doesn't know about you, right? Connor asked. What would there be to know, other than you're a half-breed? Olivan asked. Not partial to that term, thank you, Riona said shortly. As far as she knew... King Ainsgard wasn't aware of her true lineage. She was the secret half-fae daughter of Queen Catriona, also known as the evil Fae Queen, who had terrorized the world in a war that had ended less than two decades ago. Given to Fingal Morpleth, a human brigader, the day her mother had supposedly died, "'He raised her in secret and on the run "'as they worked to prevent her mother's return to power "'via Riclard de Dianel. "'All right,' Ollivan said slowly. "'Since you're on such good terms with the king, "'got any idea what you'll say or do "'when you're bowing before him? "'Are you gonna barge into the castle and say, "'Oh, my king, just thought I'd let you know "'that marauding fey are a threat to your power.' Without any evidence? Because as far as we know, we being me, my father, and likely the rest of the Imperial Guards, you somehow set fire to Connor's home. Do you have any other evidence that would convince King Ainsguard of your cause? Bingle had been handling it, gathering evidence, eyewitness accounts, organizing testimony and safe passage for both of them to the capital. Except he hadn't shared any of it with Riona. Not recently. Not before he'd disappeared. The annoying brat had a point. She'd have to do better. She told Fingal that he had to share his plans, his contacts with her. They'd always shared before. He shouldn't have left her in Ashdown. She couldn't feel him in their bond. Something terrible must have happened. She'd have to hope that their contact in the capital had fared better than them. You're listening to Wingtorn. Today's episode is brought to you by The Violet Fox, a young adult fantasy novel by Claire C. Marshall, If you enjoy Cinderella stories with castle intrigue, magic, and a little bit of romance, visit thevioletfoxseries.com to read the first three chapters now. That's thevioletfoxseries.com. And now, Wingtorn continues. Riklar is ruthless and and bloodthirsty. Two people in Crogdon's hold are dead at his hand. Only seven days ago now. I didn't hear about that. Then perhaps you heard of Captain Unabool, of the Imperial Guard, murdered in Brius 20 days ago? Never heard of her either, and I know all of the captain's names on the continent. Rihanna scoffed. "'I'm sure you... Ricklar killed my parents,' Connor muttered, grabbing a fistful of grass and ripping it to shreds as they walked. "'Burned my house down because Riona and her protector friend visited us. Maybe you heard of that.' Ollivan quieted and chewed on that as they continued through the thinning trees. Although the Imperial Guard, including Ollivan and his father, had witnessed Connor and Riona using magic to stop the fire, it had not prevented them from finding her guilty of starting it as well. She hadn't been vast enough to save Connor's parents, who had presumably burnt to death inside. She had never been quick enough to save the ones most important to her, and Fingal. And you know this Ricklar character was responsible because... The smell of his magic gives him away, and he has a penchant for magical fire," she said. She wanted to spare Connor further details, and the pain. He'd been through enough, and the Fae Militia would never hire or task humans to do work reserved for the Fae. They have too much pride. Fingal and Riona had known this to be especially true of Rick Lardy Dianal from their numerous previous encounters. He's targeting people associated with me and Fingal. Maybe if the Imperial Guard wasn't so corrupt, we wouldn't have to do your job. So, when we go before the King, Connor will testify. Riona added, before Ollivan could get another word in. You would swear before the King about the Fae Militia, wouldn't you? His gaze narrowed at her. I suppose I could... Why couldn't he just trust that she had his best interests at heart? She held back a sigh, lest it come off as unsympathetic. She too mourned the loss of Connor's parents, for she had known them in their youth. Two soldiers trying to adjust to post-war life, trying their hardest to. Connor was expounding on how he would present his testimony. I read a book about Tower Inquisitors once, and how they make their cases to the Crown as necessary. I, I could do it like that. Or, if we enter the throne room and demand temporary sanctuary, I'm pretty sure he has to give it to us if we also invoke the names of General Hollis's sister-wives who established the original Halsemarth royalty. You'll probably just be arrested, Olivan said unceremoniously. Word has probably gotten around about you two anyway. And? Aldwin broke off a fistful of tall grass and threw it at Connor playfully. King Angskard isn't descended from the three sisters. That line was killed when the evil fae queen invaded. King Angskard, first of his name, remember? I guess he might be related way, way back, but it's not a... Of course I know. Connor said, his face reddening in embarrassment. I just mean the the letter of the law says that we can invoke their names and receive temporary sanctuary. It, it's an old law, back when Hal's was called Hollis's mirth. Show off, Olivan in interrupted. So I think it's our best bet for when we're in the capital, if we're caught. Connor finished, speaking solely to Riona. Her lips twitched upward at the offering. His entire education consisted of every book that had passed through the Dunma printing house and library, which had burnt down along with his private residence. He was just trying to be helpful, likely trying to keep his mind off his grief. We'll see. The less she said about how well she knew the castle in the heart of the capital, the better especially in Ollivan's presence. In the capital lived Riona and Fingal's contact, as well as a meeting spot for herself and Fingal, set long ago in the event they were ever to become separated. He had entrusted her to Connor's parents while he went to a secretive meeting somewhere nearby and had not returned. She should have gone with him. Fingal's overprotective, overbearing nature meant she could not strike out on her own, The bond that joined Riona to her warrior fallen silent. He might be dead. Now that she led the two young men, part of her enjoyed this new, specific freedom, though she fretted at its high cost. That was why she could not fail. She could ensure Connor's safe passage to the capital, so that he could enter the tower to learn how to harness his magic, lest it consume him completely. She would follow her guardian's pre-set instructions to wait in the capital for his arrival, and if he did not arrive, she would continue their mission on her own terms. They came out of the forest, and a sea of lush farmland, a feast for the eyes, and literally for this portion of the continent, greeted them. Beyond, she spotted the road, farmhouses, the bridge across the river, and Rojoven. Above, the sky darkened. Heavy clouds loomed over them, and although she hated to admit it, seeking refuge in a stable was better than waiting out the rain beneath the spotty cover of trees. She cleared her throat and spun around, looking between the two men with a rush of fortitude. All right, the gold coins we stole might be enough to get us two fine horses and rations for the road. Perhaps some other necessities? I'll... She thought of teaching Connor how to barter with a stableman with confidence when the sky suddenly let loose a torrent of thick, heavy rain. She drew her fingers across her eyes and blinked aggressively. The droplets blurred and obscured her vision. Faye eyesight was atrocious, especially for distance and in the dark. Now it was useless. She thrust a hand in his direction and he grabbed it. She tensed at his touch. For it was not the touch she'd expected. It had been instinct. Connor was not Fingal, the guardian who had raised and guided her through days and nights such as these. Connor's touch was accompanied by the light buzz of magic, because with one touch, he could tell if she were lying or speaking truth. She retracted her hand, but Connor, realizing her predicament, took her urgently by the forearm. All right? He yelled over the thunderous cascade. Pointing in the general direction of the town, she said, Shelter! Thank you for listening to Wing Torn. This episode was written performed, and produced by the author, Claire C. Marshall. The Wing Torn theme music is composed by Cloud Road Music, An additional music is by Irene Chan. For sponsorship or advertising inquiries, or to learn more about my books, please visit wingtorn.com.